Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. If you have it, say, mm-hmm. Verse 1 says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Everybody say, since you have never, never been this way before. Let's go on to read. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Somebody say consecrate. Someone say purify. He says consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Go and stand in the river. Father, I pray that you would be with us. Let us stand in your position. Let us get ready to go to where you've called us to go, to do what you've called us to do. Have your way. We give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them it's time to get your feet wet. Then you may be seated. Yesterday I had an opportunity to share with Northern California. And I believe in this message that I want to share with you here this morning is very vital to even our church and the growth of our church spiritually, numerically, uh, mentally, and just seeing what God is going to do within our church. And I say that because every church and even every person comes to a crossing point within your life. At one point in your life, you're going to have to make a serious decision. I remember when a crossing point came within my life, and it was when I had to ask my girlfriend to become my wife. Mm -hmm. I had been dating this wonderful, beautiful, amazing, gorgeous, Breathtaking, glamorous, gorgeous. I think I said that already, but I'll say it again. Woman, I've been dating her for two years. And so I said, you know what? I believe that this is the time. I remember we, I had asked her to come to the top of Table Mountain, or not Table Mountain. I'm in Cape Town already. <laughs> I'm already in Cape Town. South Africa. We're going to South Africa. I guess I'm going to have to do something on Table Mountain when we get there. Prayer Mountain here in Hayward. It's Cal State Hayward, or East Bay, I should say, but at the time, Cal State Hayward. And I asked her to come up there, and, you know, I got on my knee, and I proposed to her right then and there. 
So it was a critical time for me, but it was also a critical time for her. At that moment in that time, all the dating that we had ever done culminated at that moment. All the uh, uh, conversations that we had, all the getting to know each other, all the wisdom, all the counsel of the two years of dating, everything that we had ever done culminated at that very moment. All the time that she had to meet my gigantic family, all the time that I had to meet all three of her family. The funny thing is, do you think I'm exaggerating? I'm really not. I had a big family. I still have a big family. She had a small family. All this stuff that we had to kind of go over and look at. Okay, what are we going to do? At that very moment, as I was down on my knee, came a serious time. This was a serious moment. And you had to take this choice and this decision. You had to take it very serious. What was happening here at this time I want you to imagine spending all your life thinking about one moment. Spending all your life coming up, and there's a decision coming right at you that you have to be able to make in a serious type of mindset. Think, if you can, of where your parents and grandparents even dreamed about it before you, where they would tell you stories, sing you songs from the time of their earliest memories about how wonderful it would be if this promise were to come to pass. Now imagine that every person that you had ever known had the same exact dream that you did. So in other words, it just wasn't a personal dream, but it was a national dream. Shared by everybody all around you, all the endeavors, everything you had ever done was about to be happening as you were moving in that direction. Every goal was motivated by this one moment. Everything you had ever done. Now, to put this story into context, I just want to kind of make sure that we understand where we're going with this. And the reason why was because in this story, first you, we see that God had chose Joshua to succeed Moses as the leader of his people. And what he does is he gives Joshua both the command to be strong and courageous and also to take the land and the promise. And he says, I will be with you always. And then what happens is Joshua sends two spies and they go across a river and they wait for it. And on the opposite side, they return with a favorable report. Somebody say favorable report. And then when they return with the favorable report, 40 years later, the time has now come to occupy where they first set out to go. Now, that's very important to understand because, secondly, we hear that term 40 years many times. We hear that figure a lot, but I wonder if we really appreciate how long they had to wait. Now, if I'm honest, I've never waited for 40 years for anything. Matter of fact, I'm not even 40 years old yet. So I've never waited for 40 years. I waited two years just to date my wife, just to uh, make her my wife. Two years, and if I'm honest, man, that two years felt like forever. I was like, man, what's she going to propose to me already? I'm just kidding. No. No. But if I'm honest, that two years felt like forever. Forty years. I can't imagine what 40 years felt like. This was a long time coming. Thirdly, what we need to also understand that that there was an entire generation that had passed on, and the nation that stands on the banks of the river at this very moment was a different nation than had walked out of Egypt in slavery. So this national dream 
of a homeland has been a central focus for two complete generations of the Israelites. And what happens is now they're standing at the banks of the river, and the time has now come to get the promise. Now, what's very important that you and I understand is that the Jordan River was a very big obstacle that stood in their way, and the Jordan River flew, uh, flowed from the north to the south. It had stretched over 150 miles from Mount Hermon to the Dead Sea. Now, normally, the Dead Sea was not very difficult to cross. It's actually very narrow, very shallow. It's a, just really a, a small stream. But when Joshua led the children of Israel, it was springtime. Somebody say springtime. At the springtime, the snow melted from Mount Hermon, and so it made a small string into a raging river. So it wasn't just anything to be able to cross. The current time made this river a raging flood. No longer was it mild, no longer was it tame, but the Jordan was turbulent and raging at a flood stage. During the dry season, at its widest point, the Jordan was 100 feet wide. But at this very moment, it was over a mile wide. So think about this. It was one mile that separated them from a 400-year-old promise. One mile separated them. The Israelites were at a stalemate. They were so close, yet so far. They were now confronted with a few more tests. Now, you would think throughout the whole 40 years, God took them through all the tests. They were done with the tests. They should be able to accept the promise. God said, no, before you go in, I still got just a few more tests for you. Before you grab a hold of the promise that you've been singing about, that you've been uh, thinking about, that you've been telling stories about to your children and your children's children about, there's just a few more things that you got to do. Listen to me, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. If we are going to accept the, God, the promise that God has given us, there's a few more things that we got to do. There's a few more things that you got to do. It's, it's not just one of those things where we come in and say, okay, the promise is mine. No, what Joshua told the people was to purify yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, purify yourself. That's one of the first things. See, he gets the leaders to get the people ready, and he goes throughout the camp, and he tells them to follow the priests. But what I love about it is that he tells them in verse 4, get them ready because this is a place since you have never traveled this way before. You have never traveled this way before. Now, think about this just real quick and studying it. When you look at it, from traveling from Egypt to the promised land, it's actually about a two and a half, maybe three weeks journey to travel by foot. It's about a two and a half to three weeks journey to travel by foot. So this two and a half week, three week journey turned into 40 years. Now, if we're honest, traveling from one place to another after 40 years, you're probably going to see the same rock year after year. You're probably going to see the same place year after year. You're going to go around going, hey, I remember that rock. There's my name on that rock right there. I didn't, yeah, I carved that in about five years ago. That was me. But here, God tells them, says, listen to me. Where you're about to go, you have never traveled this way before. See, what he's trying to say is, look, in the physical, maybe you have been there, but spiritually, you've never been there before. See, some of you here this morning, you got to catch this, that maybe you've been doing church, but you ain't never done church like this before. You've been going to church, but you ain't never been going like this before. You have been involved in things, but you ain't never been involved like this before. 
See, you have maybe traveled there with your feet, but you have not traveled with your spirit. Oh, somebody's going to catch it here this morning. There's a whole new route that you're about to go right now. You have never been this way before. When you get the promise, you have never been this way before. Tell your neighbor, you ain't never been this way before. See, this is a new chapter. This is a new land. This is a new adventure. And if it's a new adventure, then it needs a new guide. It needs a new guide. See, some of you, maybe you have traveled up and down the 880 time and time and time again. I've been up and down the 580. I've been up and down the 101. And you've been up and down traveling by yourself for yourself because it's all about yourself. But if you're going to accept the promises of God for your life, then you ain't never been this way before. You ain't never been here before. Listen to me. Some of you, you have been in that mentality for so long, and you're thinking, I can never get out of it. Listen, if you are going to accept the promises of God, you ain't never been this way before. It is time to get ready for a new adventure. Somebody say new adventure. But how did it happen? If they were going to go a whole new way, how was it going to happen? They had to purify themselves. Purify yourself, he told them. See, they had to get spiritually ready for what is to come next. And if they were going to do amazing things, the Bible says great wonders, they had to purify themselves. See, what you and I have to understand is that if we are going to be God's people, we have to be a holy people. See, we have to consecrate today before our blessings of tomorrow. We have to consecrate, purify ourselves of today for the blessings of tomorrow. Somebody once said, you are my Lord because you have no need of my goodness. R.C. Sproul, I like what he said. He said, if you delight in the fact that your father, oh, excuse me, if you do not delight in the fact that your father is holy, 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 then you are spiritually dead. You may be in church, you may go to a Christian school, but if there is no delight in your soul for the holiness of God, you don't know God. You don't love God. You are out of touch with God. You are asleep to his character. If the holiness of God is not an attribute that you want to go after in your life, then my friend, you're asleep right now. Matter of fact, you're sleep listening. You're sleepwalking. You're walking all around, but you're asleep. See, there should be something inside of you that wakes you up, that when you come to a holy place like this, say, God, empty me of all the things that the world has ever tried to contaminate me with. And God, I want to be filled with your presence. I want to be filled with your power. I want to be filled with your holiness. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Holiness, purity. Purity of heart, purity of mind. Man, I was, I was driving back here with Brother Jesse. I took him with me to San Jose, and we were on our way back, and we were talking about the election. And we were talking about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Man, I don't know about you. See, everybody thinks that, oh, okay, you're probably going to think, Pastor, tell me to vote for it. I ain't telling you who to vote for at all. You make your own votes. The only way you make a vote is by your values. If you're voting for a person, my friend, you're going to be terribly uh, let down. Because people thought, oh, vote for Obama. He'll change everything. Listen, I, I've learned this. As a pastor, I'm not going to change your life. So why would I think a president will change your life? There's only one person that could ever change your life. Matter of fact, I voted. I voted 20 years ago, and his name was Jesus Christ. He came into my life a long time ago. So I already voted. I, I already voted. Now, go ahead and vote, but this is the thing about it. I was talking with him, and I said, to be honest, 
really the losers of this whole thing is America. Because you see how disgusting the way they're talking about each other and the way they're doing this and digging up dirt. The funny thing is it's called dirt. So they're telling you we're contaminating your mind. The media is actually telling you we're going to contaminate you and you're going to like it. So the losers really in this whole thing is us as America because that's how, that's how other countries are viewing us. Man, look at them. They hate each other. My God, this is, we don't even have to mess with them. Let them kill each other. Now, you may think, well, they're not killing it. No, we're killing each other spiritually. Spirit, what is going on right now is a spiritual battle. All this stuff that is happening. Well, if they said it like that, well, then I'm going to tell people like that. No, listen to me right now. I'm going to tell you, we are not fighting a campaign in this church. We do not fight a campaign to be in leadership. We do not fight a campaign to be the best Christian of the house. What we are fighting for, my friend, I want you to know something. The battle is already won. God has given you the victory. We have the victory. But if you and I are going to possess this promise, possess this victory, then you got to purify yourself. Purify yourself. Do not allow the enemy, do not allow the things of this world to contaminate the promise that God is trying to give you. Listen to me, Victory Armory, Heart of the Bay. God has given us promises. God has given us things that we are going to possess, but we need to be a holy people. See, listen to me. The only way, listen to me, the only way that you and I can possess a holy land is if we are a holy people. That's the only way. We have to be a holy people. Can I, be, can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? See, you and I must understand that what we are moving towards and what we're doing, God is trying to uh, uh, allow us and get us ready for something that is about to come. Something that is about, what I love about this scripture is that the Bible says, listen, purify yourself today because tomorrow you're going to do amazing things. Ooh, I love that right there. Just that right there, that gets me excited. If you purify yourself today, you're going to do amazing things tomorrow. Oh, that's good stuff right there. If you purify yourself today, you're going to see amazing things tomorrow. How many believe you're going to see amazing things? God bless all two of you. How many believe you're going to see amazing things? Okay. Now, to prove to you that you're going to see amazing things, because I believe we're going to see some amazing things. One more time. How many believe you're going to see amazing things? How, come on. How many believe you're going to see amazing things? No, 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 no. How many believe you're going to see amazing things? Okay. I want to show you some amazing things. Come on, if you're seeing amazing things. Come on, if you're seeing amazing things. Even if you don't know, you just clap. <laughs> Even if you don't know.
Go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated. Come on, Mighty Seven. Come on, all right. Come on. Come up here. Come up here. It's amazing, huh? It's amazing, huh? Uh, if, if you don't know, if you're here visiting with us for the first time and you're, you're wondering, why is everybody clapping? Why is everybody crying? I've never seen a man cry like that. Well, Art cries. Amen. He's a crying. No, Believe me, if you understood the situation, you would fully get it. And just to kind of give you cliff notes, if I could, um, you know, a while ago, they went and they said, okay, we're going to get her paperwork. Everything's all good. Why don't you come on down over here to this side of the border and you can get your paperwork. Well, long story short, without knowing whether it was ignorantly or intentionally, they lied. They kept her on that side of the border. She could not come. She's been gone for seven months. Seven months away from her family, from her husband, from her children. Man, it's, I, it's hard for me for seven days when I travel for a week. Seven months? Wow. So she's been gone for seven months. Nobody knew this. Nobody knew. We kept it as best as we could a secret. But now she's here with us, back with her heart family. I know her kids are happy. You're, you're my message right now, so go ahead and share with your family. First, I want to say thank you, God, for my salvation, for my husband's salvation, for my daughters. And I want to say thank you, honey. Thank you, daughters, for everything you do for me. And I want to say thank you to all my Biohar family. Thank you for all your prayers. Thank you, Pastor Seban. Thank you, uh, Pastor Chala. Uh, thank you, everybody who was here with us. Um, we're very grateful. I know God do this by purpose, and now we know we need to listen God's voice, know our voice, because we have three voices. Uh, Brother Eric uh, preached one time a good message, God's voice, our voice, and the enemy's voice. And now is our time to uh, hear God's voice Always, not always when we want to. It's always. And this only God do the supernatural miracle because uh, it was not for God. We, uh, I'm not here. Uh, I'm still waiting. But even the lawyer say, I don't think so, but we're going to send these papers because I don't came with my visa with my resident. Now I'm here because God first and uh, it's a humanitarian parole, and they say, I don't think so, you qualify, but let's do it. And uh, last week, um, we have a prayer retreat in Spanish, and they called me one day before I went to the, to the retreat, and they want me next day, next day, and I told the lady, I can't be there because I have a prayer retreat and I need to go. She said, okay, what about Monday? I say, okay, Monday. I went Monday and God opened completely the doors. I was there. I don't have any appointment. They told me, you go 
and your name is gonna be there, and I believe, I believe. And I went, and it's like a, I feel like, like a princess daughter, uh, um, God's daughter. I went, like all the way happened for me, but to God be the glory. And I went, and they received me with love, compassion. And I went, and they say they have an interview for you. They do like a two or three minutes. They only ask me one question, the same question they I say when they deny my visa. And the lady told me, it's okay, um, okay, we, we are going to call Washington and we call you. She don't tell me tomorrow when. And I went to my home and I still believing in God and next day uh, they call me early too. And they say, we already have approved your visa. One more thing, after that, I, um, they, they say, you don't have an, any appointment, go by three o'clock, the same. I went, was open completely, they haven't, God opened the doors. I went, that's the only one where I can go like a flying <laughs> with God. <laughs> and after that, they give me my, my visa, and the lawyer told me, um, Check your name, your uh, all your basic information. I check my name and everything. And after I send the picture to the lawyer, and he called me. He said they make a mistake. They add one more number. And I say okay. He say no, you have to go back because I don't want you uh, have any uh, problems when you come. And but they close Wednesday because it's holiday over there in Mexico. And I came um, Thursday. It was the same. I came. I give all my information. He opened the doors and come back. It's ready. And I say, thank you, Jesus. Always thank you, Jesus. To God be the glory. And I want to say thank you for everybody who was uh, helping us. Um, you know who they are. <laughs> and I have especially one secret, my faithful friend and sister who always, every single day, texts me. Do you know who she is? And it's God, I know. I never feel I was alone over there, even when it's my country, but I never feel I was alone. Always God was there with me, and a lot of the, my sisters call me, pray for me, encourage me, and Pastor uh, Chela always too. And another thing that I, I learning is and always always I know now more we never forget where we come from and this this is my start again and new creation new creation I never believed seven months over there I always believing but crying for my family because I was there and I don't have a family but I always always believe I know God is you I don't know when, but you bring me back home. I know you don't broke. You don't want to broke my family. You don't want to separate my family. Um, and it's only by faith, by faith, believing, pray, pray, and believe. And I love you so much. And 
God bless you, and now I'm blessed. I'm here. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Awesome. Amen. I know you guys are going to see him a whole lot now together, fulfilling it. I know you want to go ahead and sit right there in your, in your area, right? I know you do. That's like, that's like your spot. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, sir. It's a spot. I know. It's like a spot. I know. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated. I'm going to finish this out real quick. This is a great, because everything she was saying, I think I, she practically finished my message. Watch. You think I'm lying. Watch this. Somebody say, stand in the river. Stand in the river. Now, this is very important because when he told them to stand in the river, like she just said, there was no details. No details were given. There was a no miracle. How's the miracle going to happen? I don't know. Just go. Okay, buddy. Okay, I know we're going to stand on the river and we're going to, no, 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 no. Just go. Okay, I'm going to go, but when I get there, who do I talk to? Just go. But that doesn't make any sense in the natural. That doesn't make any sense. Matter of fact, remember, they've been 40 years touring around what seems like the same place. So for 40 years, guess what? The same old story can become the same old story. I've heard this before. I've heard about it. Matter of fact, okay, you know what? I heard the story about when my grandparents came out. When the grandparents came out, they went to the, the waters, and guess what? The waters parted. I know. I'm going to go, and the waters are going to part. This time around, he didn't say go there and the water's going to part. This time he said go and stand in the river. Change the whole thing. Just go there. Stand in the Wait, Hold on. I can't stand in the river. How, how's this going to happen? What is going to take place? How is this going to happen? Matter of fact, when you read it, the Bible says that if you go there, all of a sudden Joshua and the priests, they went there, and the Bible says that the, the waters are going to recede, and there's going to be a, a pile, a, a heap, a heap pile. Say, like, well, how in the world does a, a, a water get into a pile? How is that going to happen? I've never even heard of that before. Well, listen, my friend, you might not have heard of many of these things, but if you go stand in the river see some of you right now you're so scared because the only way that you're going to be secure in the things that you do is you got to be on dry ground as long as you're on dry ground you're good to go okay i don't have to worry about it i'm secure nothing's going to move me matter of fact as you study the scriptures you will find that the current was raging as the current was raging if they had to go stand in the river that means that they had to go against the current they had to go against the current. In other words, it didn't look like it was going to happen. It didn't seem like it was going to happen. It didn't seem like Washington was going to call. It didn't seem like the lawyer was going to give you the paperwork. But if you go and stand in the middle of the river, God is going to do what he said that he was going to do. See, this is where you and I must understand that God can do anything if he told you it was going to happen. Why was this such a big deal? Because many times, many of us, when we hear about the miracles, we want that to, them to happen right away. God saved my family. You said you were going to save my family. I want them saved right now. You said you were going to bring them here. Bring them here right now. You said this was going to happen. I want to be healed right now. God, whoa, whoa, hold on. It's going to happen but you got to do your part. You got to do your part. You got to get in the river. Listen, get a, for some of you, you need to get in the river and stay there for nine months to a year. I don't know how long you're supposed to be there, but if you're supposed to be there, don't move from there. 
So some of you right now, you're wondering, man, when is the promise going to happen? I don't know, but you need to get in that river and stay there. I don't care what the current says. I don't care what the current news and the current situation and the current uh, atmosphere says. You need to get in that river. See, some of you right now, you're afraid to get your feet wet. You got to get ready to get your feet wet. And for some of you said, well, I did it a long time ago. Let, guess what? Do it again. Do it again. I did it 10 years ago. Do it again. I did it 20 years ago. Do it again. Some of you right now, you got to step out into the river. You have not stepped out in a long time. Oh, you've been making steps, but you've been doing hamster wheel steps. You've been in the same thing, doing the same thing, seeing the same thing, doing the same thing. But my friend, if you want to do what God has called you to do, then you're going to have to go where God is where you've never gone before. And you're going to see what you've never seen before. God is about to bring a promise of victory average heart of the bank like we have never seen before i believe that something is about to explode but you got to get in the river you get well i i don't know if i i can't afford get in the river but i've never been i've never been around these kind of people get in the river well I, i don't know i've never even i've never grabbed the microphone i never just get in the river i i can't do that listen Now, if you're really scared to get into the river, let me tell you this. First, this will help you from getting scared. Purify yourself. Purify yourself. Get rid of all those complexes that you, I can't do it. That's never going to be me. I can never sing like that. I can never preach like that. That's never going to happen. That's going to never happen. I I never get the favor. They get the favor. I don't get the favor. No, you will get the favor. You will do amazing things, but purify yourself. Oh, let pastor do it. No, 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 no. Listen, don't let the pastor only do it. You, you know what? If the pastor does it by himself, we're never going to grow. This church will never grow. The only way that this is going to happen, the only way that we together collectively are going to get the promise is that we got to get in the river together. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? See, some people spend their entire lives on the eastern shore of the Jordan waiting for God to part the river while God waits for them to get in the river. You got to get in the river. And I close right here. This is very important. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 10, because many times we talk about how when, we, when we're talking about getting in the river, we're seeing what's happening on the other side. And many times we get scared of what happens on the other side. But what I love in Joshua chapter 3, verse 10, you will find that he says, if you go and do what you're supposed to do, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And in verse 10, he says, look, I'm going to get rid of the Canaanites. I'm going to get rid of the Perizzites. I'm going to get rid of the, Hitt- the Hittites, the Hivites, the Amorites, the I don't know whatever else is ites. Get rid of all these ites. If you do what you're supposed to do, he's going to drive out anything that is possessing your promise. See, some of you right now are thinking, well, how come they got it? That's supposed to be mine. You know what you got to get rid of? Get rid of your attitude. Is that your promise? It probably is your promise, but the way that your attitude is right now, you can't possess that promise. You'll never keep that promise. See, some of you right now, you're you're waiting for God to drop a million dollars on you. You can barely handle $10. God promised me I'm going to be a millionaire. You can't even be a $10-an-air. Now, I believe, this is what I truly believe. If God spoke to you that you're going to happen and you're going to get that house, you're going to get that car, then all those things are going to happen. God is going to bless you, but he's going to bless you according to the promise, not according to your selfish desires. See, because if you get that house, 
Right now, for some of us, if we were to get the house that we wanted, for some of us, we're going to be so selfish with that house. We're going to be so selfish with that car. We're going to be so selfish with those clothes, so selfish thinking, I obtained this, I did that, I did this. But what happens is because you don't have the house, because you don't have the car, because you don't have the clothes, you blame God. God says, I've been wanting to give you all these things. Matter of fact, for some of you even right now, God has called you even way back when. You're going to be a pastor. I don't preach. They don't even let me preach in the Bible study. If God told you you're going to be a pastor, you're going to be a pastor. If God told you you're going to be a teacher, you're going to be a teacher. If God called you to be an evangelist, you're going to be an evangelist. But first, purify yourself. Purify yourself. Well, God said that he was going to save my husband. And how come my husband ain't saved? Well, first, he needs to save you. First person that needs saving is the person that you wake up and you look in the mirror. That's the person who needs saving first. God, change my husband. No, change you. God, change my wife. No, change you. You want the promise? Then purify. You want the promise? Then purify. You want the promise? Then step out. Step out in faith. See, I love the fact that we just had Maricela. See, some of you thought that, hey, pastor, he did that in a sermon. If you know me, I just make things look like it was supposed to happen. That wasn't supposed to happen. It just came. I just said, hey, all right, we're going to do it. That's how we're going to do it. Worked out, right? It worked out pretty good. Amazing things. But this is one thing that I learned is that when this church started, When my father came up here back in 1981, June, I believe it was 21st or 22nd of 1981, my father came here. When they came here, you know, the way we do things now, when we pray people out, we have, you know, parties for them, celebrations, and oh, we're going to have a going away dinner, and, you know, we even raise up finances, we do all that stuff. When my father went out, you know what they said, you want to go out? I said, all right, here's a truck, you can have that. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, God bless you. That's how they went out. They didn't know anybody from Hayward. They didn't know anybody. They, they knew two couples, Pastor Ed and Mitzi and Pastor Gilbert and his wife. That's the only people they knew. In Hayward, they knew nobody. And when I mean nobody, like they didn't have, like, oh, there was a friend. No, they knew nobody. They came up here, moved their truck onto Roos Road right off Tennyson into a Little house right there, started the church in the garage. And you know how they started meeting people? This is literally how they did it. They started going fishing next door. So the house that they had right here, he walked out. This is what he did. True story. Didn't know anybody. Just knew God called him. Walked out the house, looked to the house to the left, and said, I'm just going to go knock on that door, and let's see what happens. Went over, knocked on the door. That was his very first convert. Very first person to come into Victory Outreach was the next-door neighbor. Didn't know him, just knocked on the door. Matter of fact, if you hear the story, he opens the door with a Budweiser in one hand and a cigarette in the other. His name was Dominic Cuevas. Opened the door. Matter of fact, if I remember correctly, I think he... You know, he wasn't cussing at him, but he was kind of cussing a whole lot. If you knew Dominic, he had a foul mouth. He had a very foul mouth. And so you would think, oh, yeah, maybe that's not the kind of, you know, that's not the promise. No, that's the promise. That's the promise. But in order to receive that promise, you first must be purified so you can see what the promise looks like. 
See, some of you, the promise is right there, but you don't see what it looks like because you've never been this way before. You've never gone this way. Oh, no, no, no. You've done church before. I'm not saying that. You've done church. You're involved in church. You have done church before, but you've never received this promise before. You've never gone this way before. The way this church started, it didn't start because we went this way before. Nobody ever been to Hayward. Matter of fact, Hayward was like, my father has a sermon called, Where in the World is Hayward? Never heard of it. Everybody from Southern California, they used to think of Northern California as a bunch of farmers and cows. Matter of fact, some of them still think like that. I'm not lying. They still think, oh, a bunch of farmers and cows up there. And then when I tell them where I'm from, they go, oh, I'm from Hayward. They go, oh, Hayward, oh, Hayward High School. Isn't Hayward High School a bunch of farmers? The Hayward farmers. Oh, man. They're right. But what I love about farmers, when you read the scriptures, all throughout, there's a bunch of farming parables. And when you really learn the seasons, and when you learn what seeds do, and you learn about farming, you understand that you got to be patient with it. When my father came here to Hayward to receive the promise, he had to be patient with it. This church didn't just come out of thin air. It came out of a lot of toil and sweat. It came out of a lot of standing in the middle of the river when nobody else wanted to stand. I got to imagine being there. 1982. All right, babe, let's do it. Where's everybody at? I don't know. 1983. Hey, where are those people? They were here last year in 82. I don't know. 1985. Hey, listen. Well, I don't know. And so it gets difficult to stand in the middle of the river. And it makes it real easy. I just feel like giving up. But I want to tell you, listen to me, Victory at Return of the Bay. God has given us a promise. And the same promise that he gave us back in 1981 is the same promise that we have to this day in 2016. And we're going to have it in 2017. And we're going to have it in 2018 and 2020. Why? Because God has given victory outreach a promise. And I believe that that promise is going to come to pass. No matter what comes. No matter the current. No matter what anybody says. This is our promise. Your promise, my promise, everybody, this is Victory Outreach's promise. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Even when it doesn't look like it, it's your promise. Even when it doesn't feel like it. Stand with me here this morning. I know there was probably times, even with Art, he was wondering, man, you know what, maybe I'll just take my whole family down there and leave this whole business. I'm sure there was different thoughts that came into his mind. Maybe my wife will never come back. What are we going to do? How is this going to happen? But like Maricela said, I know, God, you do not want to break up a family. So I like the way that she said, I don't know. She even told the people, look, I got a prayer retreat I got to go to. I can't go see you right now. Now, we can laugh about it now, but if we're honest, at that very moment, when you talk to the government, that's a serious thing. And for, see, for some of you, when you hear a certain thing, you go, oh, I'm going to drop everything. I got to go do it. Why? Because, oh, that, that's the way it's going to happen. See, some of you, when you hear more money, you think that's the fulfillment of the promise. That's how it's going to happen. When you hear that this is going to prestige and position, oh, it's going to happen. No, 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 no. You need to learn how to wait in the river. 
You need to learn how to wait in the river. Don't let money sidetrack you. Don't let prestige or position sidetrack you. Don't let glory and ambition sidetrack you. You need to learn how to stand in the river. Stay right there. Get your feet wet. I know it gets a little cold. I know it gets a little dirty. I know it tries to push you around, but stay right there. And even if you have to, you got, hey, I got a prayer retreat I got to go to. I can't do that. No, 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 I, I got you. I got fu- to fulfill the promise that God has given me. And if you're not helping me fulfill that promise, then guess what? Click. Click. Uh, you got to learn how. No, 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 I got a promise. I got a, God gave me a promise. Listen to me. For some of you that you've been here a while and you've been feeling like the promise has been dwindling, today, this morning, I want to bring that back to you. I want to bring that back to you. Refresh it to you. That's your promise. That's your promise. Delayed but never denied. Delayed but never denied. But I messed up. So what? Delayed but never denied. But I fell and I sinned against God. Delayed but never denied. But people don't want me. People aren't going to accept me. Delayed but never denied. That's your promise. God has given you a promise. Listen to me, Victory Outreach. If that's you here this morning and you know that you know that you know that God has given you a promise, I want you to come to this altar. We're going to ask God, saying, God, I want you to give me the strength to stand in that river, to be right there no matter what comes.